0: So you're a ball player, either in the minors or one who was just drafted. You're just starting your dream of making it to the big leagues when COVID shuts down the entire minor league season. Breaking news, the 2020 minor league baseball season has been canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. The major league teams are expected to begin a shortened season in late July. For a certain 19-year-old who thrived in A-ball last season, your parent club thinks so highly of you that you're at your team's alternate training site so you can keep working on your skills. For a 17-year-old who was just drafted though, that's not going to happen. So what do you do to stay sharp? We'll chat with two young players today who are trying to turn a negative into a positive. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is A Swing and a Belt.
1: And in Simeon Woods Richardson, we feel as though we got one of the most exciting young pitching prospects in baseball. Uh, we, you know, loved him in the draft. He was the youngest player in the draft. Uh, you know, we'll see where it ends up. But it, it exceptionally excited about both of them joining the organization.
0: Simeon Woods Richardson was one of two pitchers the Blue Jays acquired last July in the Marcus Stroman deal. After the trade, Woods Richardson, then just 18 years of age, made six terrific starts for the Dunedin Blue Jays in the High A Florida State League. This year, at age 19. Woods Richardson is part of the Blue Jays' 60-man player pool and is currently in Rochester, New York, the Jays' alternate training site. Simeon, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Of course. Congrats on all your success so far. I mean, 19, and to have done what you did last year and to be where you are right now as part of the player pool. I'm curious, when this whole situation developed and you knew there wouldn't be minor league season and you heard about the player pool, did you feel you were going to be one of those 60 players the Blue Jays chose?
2: Well, I feel that I did a good enough job during the season, and I put in the work in the off season and quarantine. That I have a pretty good feeling, but I feel like
0: I put the work in that if it did happen,
2: I was ready to go.
0: How did you find out uh, that you were part of the player pool? Was it a call, a text? Who got in touch with you?
2: It was actually a wake up call on a Sunday. <laughs> I wake up and <laughs> I remember the day <laughs> clearly. It was, a wake, it was a wake up call, and I and he says, "Hey, congratulations! Uh, you're welcome to the player pool." and it was one of the best things that I could have got for a wake up call.
0: <laughs> now, was it one of those like I remember nineteen and I got a son who's nineteen. Was it one of those where you fall back asleep and two hours later you wake up and you're like, Did that happen or did I dream that? Was it one of those? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I went right back
2: to sleep and I woke up and I was like, Man, did that really just happen?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so did you get in touch with somebody to make sure you weren't dreaming or did you just kinda of go with it?
2: Gil Kim called me back roughly couple hours later just to clarify what I needed to do, where I needed to go, and everything happened so quickly. I told my parents, and then we got everything rolling for the 60-man.
0: Very cool. So you're obviously, I would think, used to being the young guy a little bit. Like, you had to be one of the youngest players in the Florida State League last year. Oh, I was, yeah. It's one thing to be 18 when everybody else is 20, now this year, you're 19, and I mean, you're with big leaguers, and it's not like you're on the backfield, like there are 60 guys, and, and you're one of them. What, what was it like? Did you feel comfortable right away when you you know dropped your bag, dropped your gear, and got to work with the other 59 guys?
2: I think it's part of it, man. I was always the little big brother growing up, so being around older people was always normal for me. So when we stepped foot in the locker room in Toronto and seen the big leaguers, it was like, okay, Okay, let's go to work. It was one of the things I felt really comfortable with. It was a great experience. I had a blast picking brains just talking to guys, you know. Just being in Toronto, playing, getting, working on that field was unreal.
0: So we in the media don't know a lot about who was where. I know there were four locker rooms, the two baseball club houses, the two football locker rooms, and you guys were all spread out, obviously. Did they have all the pitchers together? Like, who were you lockering near? How did it work for you there?
2: Um, it was kind of spread out, you know. We had we had a good mix of guys. It wasn't just, you know, separated where hitters were over here, pitchers were over there. It's The locker room was mixed in with everybody, so it gives you a chance to talk to anybody and everybody, you know. We're real solid on knowing your teammates. So it was fun just to pick each other's brains. Like, Nate Pearson was across from me. We had Austin Martin coming in, who was right next to me.
0: Very cool. Did, now, did you spend any time with, you know, Matt Shoemaker, Chase Anderson, Tanner Roark, like the older guys who have been in the big leagues for a while? Did you get to get to know them at all?
2: Oh, yeah, we were we were doing PFP drills together, you know, we just picking each other's brain. we were playing catch. We we're talking to each other, you know, Shoemaker's in, in the gym while you're getting your work in, doing your getting your pre-work in. So everybody is everywhere. and You get to see a little bit of everybody. So when everything comes together on the field, you're you're knowing your teammates and you know exactly who the guys are playing
0: with. The first intra-squad game that you pitched in at the Rogers Center, do you remember who you faced and how it went?
2: I faced Travis Shaw. I walked him. It was all so fast and a blur. <laughs> I remember facing <laughs> everything happened a thousand miles per hour. I faced Kevin Smith. The overall outing was, I think, good for a 19-year-old going in there, you know, I had a strikeout. So that overall outing was pretty good.
0: Good. I'm sure you're getting more acclimated day by day. So you're in Rochester now. You would have been in Buffalo had the Blue Jays played in Toronto, but now that they've gone to Buffalo. Exactly. Right. Your group is in Rochester, about 75 miles down the road. So tell me about how things are going there and, and what are you guys doing every day?
2: We're continuing to work. We are doing inner squads against each other every day. We play against each other every day. We practice against each other. We do different situations. Pitchers are getting their bullpens in. We're on schedule, so we're doing everything we need to do over here just in case anything happens with the big league team so we're ready and we have people to fill those
0: shoes. So are you being used as a starter or reliever? How often are you pitching?
2: I'm on a six-day rotation, so... I pitch every six days. I'm worked up. I pitch four innings. My last appearance, I'm working up. I probably have four or five tomorrow. So we're building up. Starters are getting their innings. Relievers getting their work in. Everybody's getting... Acclimated and built up, ready for anything.
0: That's great. And obviously, you'd rather be, whether it's Dunedin, New Hampshire, wherever you would have been this year. Obviously, that's the first choice, and you're trying to make the best of a difficult situation right now. But when you get into these intra squad games, what's the intensity like in these games? Like, do you feel, you know, you're really working and that everybody's, you know, doing the best they can because everybody understands how serious this is? And hey, you're trying to get better.
2: Exactly. I believe everybody's trying to bring a little piece of competitive to every inner squad to make it somewhat competitive and the guys are doing a great job of doing that to make it as competitive as possible. We have a little fan crowd noise <laughs> just to make it seem like it's definitely weird, but yeah make the best of it, you know? And mm-hmm. I think the guys are Handling really well. We're having elite, We're having some really good games. Getting some really good work in.
0: And what are you doing when you're not at the ballpark? You know, obviously, nobody's supposed to be going out. We all understand that. Is it pretty much just hotel room and ballpark for you right now?
2: Yes, sir. We're trying to keep everything as safe and secure as possible. So we had a little meetings within our own team, making some team rules. You know, always, you know, just stay, be smart, and stay safe. If you have to go anywhere please wear your mask please social distance but try to be in the room at all times you know
0: are you a gamer or are you a Netflix guy <laughs> like there's a lot of hours in the I, day right what are you doing exactly
2: you know <laughs> it's just I was an only child so you know just hanging on my ps4 playing a couple of games watching Netflix watching Hulu I just pick movies let them ride <laughs> you know get on my phone text my family yeah text my friends back at home you know Try to keep a piece of me back at home. Yeah, we're just living. We're loving the four walls. If <laughs>
0: yeah, I hear you. We're all living the same existence to a certain extent. Exactly. Yeah. When this is all said and done, say at the end of September, like say you're in Rochester till the end of the major league regular season. What do you hope to get out of all this?
2: Just being here, I've learned a lot just within myself. Just being here, picking guys' brains, just getting more development, getting more abs. You know. Being here was like a blessing in disguise because I've I've gotten more work and I've learned more about me as a pitcher than I have from last year. So I know that's really, really well for me. So just being here and just for development, you know.
0: Why do you think you've learned more? Is it because you're around older guys who have played in the big leagues or is it coaching? Exactly. What is it? It's, yeah.
2: it's everything. It's coaching is just learning how the routine works and finding your routine and then just picking guys brains that've been here for five or six years and they know the grind and they know what's going
0: on. They can tell you, you learn to love the game more. I don't know if you want to answer this one, but you know, I, I don't know if you know how well known you are to blue Jays fans. Everybody knows your name. Right? You know, when, you know, Stroman was so popular. So You know, yourself and Anthony Kay were immediately household names after the trade. And as you know, Anthony's doing great with the Blue Jays and everybody's very excited uh, about your progress. Do you have a date, like a year in mind where you say, it's my goal to be in the big leagues by then? Is there a certain year you're targeting right now?
2: Either next year. 2021 or 2022, those, see, those are my years of being up there. I feel like I can get there.
0: Well, that would be very cool. You certainly were on a great path with Dunedin. And hopefully, as you said, you're getting a lot out of this year. And hopefully baseball is kind of back to normal by next season. I think that's what we've all got our fingers crossed for, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Simeon, uh, thank you for joining us. Well, of course. Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah. I'm glad you're making the best of it. Crazy times, but you got to do what yeah, you got to do. And, and I yes, hope you sir. get something out of this summer. Thank you. Simeon Woods Richardson, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. And from the sounds of it, he hopes to be in the big leagues pretty soon. When we come back, we'll speak with an even younger player, a 17-year-old who just got drafted, and we'll find out how he is keeping busy this summer. showed some serious pop in batting practice. I was down in the right field corner in the media area talking to a few people, and we got dive-bombed by a BP home run. For, in order for it to get there, it's got to go over the trail. 3-2 pitch on a liner, sinking into center field, a base hit for Calabrese. Our second guest today is a young man from Maple, Ontario, who was drafted in the third round by the Los Angeles Angels in this summer's amateur draft. David Calabresi is an outfielder, not even 18 years old yet, with plus-plus speed, a strong arm, good bat-to-ball skills, and developing power. In a quote normal season, Calabresi would have started his minor league career this summer, but of course, COVID has put that on hold. I've been curious what players in his situation are doing right now with so few options available. And full disclosure, before we go any further, I know David. His older brother, Nicholas, played hockey for many years with my son, Ben, and David's dad, Nick, was the coach. So while I remember David as the younger brother hanging around the rink with the perpetual smile on his face, who was also a really good hockey player, by the way, now he is at a much different stage of life as he begins what promises to be a very exciting journey as he hopefully makes his way to the major leagues. David, how are you doing, bud? I'm great, Dan. Thank you for having me on today. And I appreciate you doing this. Uh been a long time. Glad things are going so well. It's funny, over the years, you know, I would see your name every now and again, or your dad would email every now and again and say, hey, David's in this, David's in that. And it took me a little while to realize, like, hey, this is, this is happening here. This is turning into something. How old were you when you realized that this could really be a thing, whether it was college or getting drafted, that you might be able to make professional baseball a real thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, ever since I joined the Ontario Blue Jays program when I was thirteen years old, I knew that my dream was to, you know, one day play at the college level or even at the professional level. I think it was around when I was fourteen or fifteen that I realized maybe be something promising, you know, for my future. And since then, I was playing both hockey and baseball at the time, so I had to make a decision whether to uh, stick with both or focus on baseball twelve months a year. And that's what I did. I went with, you know, making that decision to playing hockey. And that's when I really put my head down and, and focused on my dreams. Um, since then, things have only gone upwards. You know, in the last couple of years, professional baseball started to become reality. And it would be such a blessing if I could say one year ago today that I think I'd be in the position that I am right now. But, you know, I know it's come with a lot of hard work and it's just such a privilege to be where I am today. And, um, you know, it's always good to have dreams, but, you know, it's it's another thing to work towards them. And, you know, it happened to work out for me and I'm hoping to see how long it can work out for.
0: David, I actually, as interesting as your past is, I want to focus a little bit more on your present and your future. For those who want to know more about David's past, my son, Ben, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, did a nice thorough interview with David on, and you can find it on SoundCloud, Ben's page is Lockdown Sports. And there's the, the whole history there of how David got into baseball and, and how he is, uh, where he is today. But let's talk about the present a little bit, David. You're not able to play minor league ball right now. There is no minor league baseball. Do you have any sense where you would have gone if there had been a minor league season? Would you be in the Arizona League? Would you be in Orem at the rookie league affiliate? Like, what do you think you would have done this summer had things been normal?
1: Yeah. So, had it not been a complete or unorthodox year, I'm sure I would have been headed to Arizona and play in the Arizona League for the Angels. I also would have got to meet all my coaches and, you know, really adapt to the professional lifestyle down there. That would have been great to be able to, you know, play some ball this year, but. You know, obviously it is what it is, can't be there right now. But, you know, just trying to stay really positive. Hopefully, you know, sometime soon I can I can get down there and, you know, start practicing with the team. They have me on a workout program right now, so I'm, I've gotten to talk to my coaches a little bit. But, you know, it's nothing compared to being on a field every day and, and playing baseball, you know, six, seven hours of the day, which was the dream. You know, I'm really hoping that soon enough I can hear some good news about, you know, returning back to baseball. But I guess we just got to take everything one day at a time right now.
0: Yeah, and I want to hear more about the workout program in a second, but even though you're not playing right now, how much has life changed since draft day for you? With the 82nd pick of the 2020 MLB draft, the Los Angeles Angels select outfielder David Calabresi from St. Elizabeth Catholic High School, Thornhill, Ontario, Canada.
1: Drastically. June 11th was a life-changing day for me. To hear your name called is, is completely different. I mean, you can ask anyone that I that I know. I don't even remember the moment that I got drafted I couldn't tell you what I was doing. It was just such a blur that it's like it finally, it's finally here. It finally happened, and it's only starting here now. So I know that there's a lot of hard work ahead of me.
0: So tell me a little bit about the workout program, about the coaches you've been in touch with. Uh, you know, are you zooming with them? Conference calls? Are you using coaches here to help you out? What, what's the program like for you right now?
1: A few weeks ago, I had a Zoom meeting with uh, various coaches from from across the organization, and they all introduced themselves. Very helpful, in you know, getting to where I need to be. So, the director of performance, he uh, recently um, handed me a workout program. That's it's pretty cool. It's through an app, so I'm able to you know get all the workouts that they had listed for me, get those in, and you know, they they can take all the data and see where I need to be better at and everything. But it's a good teammate really to have. You know, even when I'm thousands of miles away from Arizona where right now. So all the coaches have been very helpful so far. And, you know, they're always reaching out, checking in, seeing what I'm up to. And I'm really thankful for, you know, the opportunity that I have to be able to get to meet them. But hopefully it's face one day.
0: So are you seeing any live pitching at all? Like, can you do that? Or is it most, mostly just, you know, strength and stamina and agility and that sort of thing that you're
1: doing? Being in the weight room, um, I'm able to get outdoors in the last month or so and get some, you know, practice and fielding work. You know, those few months in quarantine where we're a killer for sure, but it's good to be out now and and working on my craft on a daily basis. And I'm just trying to get better day by day.
0: Did you get any really cool texts after draft day? You know, people from the Angels organization, did anybody reach out? Players like, does Trout know who you are? Who'd you hear from after you got drafted?
1: Um, after I got drafted, it was was mostly the coaches within the organization. I didn't get a text from out, although it would have been pretty cool to see a text from him. But, you know, I got, I got a lot of great people that reached out to me. And it's great to see that a lot of people, you know, are always there for me and, you know, on my side. And I know what the angels are that the coaches are there for me and are there to help me to, for them to reach out on that day was, was pretty special because, you know, I know they got my back and, you know, they're going to be the ones that I'm rolling with for the next few years.
0: Have you thought about that first year, whenever it is, when you get an invite to Major League Spring Training, or when you're at Major League Spring Training, and inevitably at some point you're going to meet Mike Trout? Have you thought about that moment at all?
1: I have, and there's lots of scenarios playing in my head on you know how I would approach that. But at the end of the day, you know, being able to share the field of would be an absolute honor. Uh, he's one of the best. That'll ever go down to do it. And if or, you know, was out there just shagging batting practice with him, I would take his brain about a million questions. I'd probably annoy him a little bit, but you know, it's <laughs> those are just opportunities that you, that you can't, you know, let, let past you. So that's obviously, you know, another piece of motivation that I could use to over the next couple of years, you know, to help myself get my, my game better and, you know, hopefully be ready for, you know, sharing the off field with Mike Trout one day.
0: When I hear people talk about the kind of player they think you remind them of or you could develop into, and you know where I'm going with this, I'm sure, Andrew Benintendi's name is a name that that comes up. He's like 5'10", 180. I see you listed at 5'10", 165, but you're only 17 years old. You're going to get stronger. You're going to put on weight. Coincidentally, or maybe not, he went to Arkansas, and you had committed to Arkansas before the draft, and the Angels chose you, and you decided – to sign. W- was it a coincidence that you were going to go where he went? And do you see some of yourself in him?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it was a coincidence. You know, I used to I used to follow baseball a lot, and Arkansas is one of the schools that I followed. So I always knew Andrew Benatendi even even out even before he was even professional baseball. His first year on the on the Red Sox, I watch him a lot, and it's it's pretty cool because you know a lot of things in his game they resemble mine as well. Uh, so he's a guy that I can I can watch and learn from. And, you know, hopefully take some aspects of his game and put them in mind. And again, it's it's good to learn from a guy like that. And I actually got to speak on the phone with him for a few minutes uh, about a couple months ago. And that was pretty cool, you know, picking his brain a little bit about, you know, what he what he does on a daily basis, how his work ethic is and everything. Uh, It's definitely an honor to me.
0: Are you still holding out hope that in the fall that you'll be in Arizona, that there'll be something going on in October, or maybe even through the winter. Like, who knows? You know, anything is on the table right now. Are you hopeful of getting down to Arizona, say, sometime before the end of the year?
1: Yeah, I really hope so. Um, yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, you know, this whole COVID situation can start getting better um, and that, you know, maybe we could have a one- or two-week camp or something like that in, in fall or the winter uh, where I can finally get down there, you know, meet all my coaches in person, get my work in down there, that uh, that be pretty cool, you know, especially since I missed you know the whole season uh, this summer. So being able to get down there would be pretty special, and I'm really hoping you know that I can get there sometime before the end of the year.
0: So I know your mom and dad in a hockey context, as I mentioned off the top, because your brother Nicholas and Ben they and my son Ben they they played together. When mom and dad come to baseball games, have they become baseball fans? I know your dad loves baseball a lot, but are they super baseball fans? Do they know as much about baseball as they do hockey, or are they kind of learning through you?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're my big, biggest fans. Um, You know, still to this day, I still teach them stuff about the game, but they know a lot about it, you know, especially something that since their kid and his dream, right. So they'll do anything that they can to learn the game, to learn anything about, you know, what I'm doing on a daily basis. You know, they're always picky about my swing, you know, telling me, Oh, why you, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? It's all great. You know, I love, you know, the constructive criticism that, you know, they can, You know, they're always there to help me and they're always so supportive. So I really, you know, couldn't thank them enough for for all they've done over the last few years.
0: You want to give a shout out to a couple of coaches along the way who helped you get this far? Um, So
1: I just want to thank, you know, all of them
0: as a whole uh, for what they've done, you know, for me over
1: the last few years and and helping me to get to be where I am right now.
0: Well, as you know, uh, Maple's very excited. The Canadian baseball community, everybody kind of takes care of their own. And I'm sure you've felt a lot of that in the last few months and I can imagine you know that this is a very you know tough it's a great time but it's also a tough time for you because you're not able to jump right in and and get down there and get started but uh, I can hear in your voice and I know you well enough to know you're just gonna keep grinding and and wait for things to clear and to get that opportunity to go down there keep in touch Good luck. Don't be nervous when you meet Mike Trout. He's a nice guy. And uh, hey, I look forward to calling one of your games one of these days soon. That'd be pretty fun for me.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on. And I always told my parents, you know, one day it was always always my dream to have called by you. I'm going to be working to hear your name calling my, my games one day.
0: That would be really cool. So, uh, yeah, you, you just got to get there before uh, Ben takes my job. That's the only thing you got. You got to let me have a chance and then Ben <laughs> can do it. Then can do it later on. David, good talking to you. Good luck. Keep doing what you're doing and look forward to following your progress. Two players at two different stages of their pro careers in two different situations. The one common thread, though, both are bound and determined to turn this negative into a positive, if at all possible. Wishing them both the best going forward, and who knows, maybe one day I'll get to call a game with Woods Richardson on the mound and Calabresi at the plate. A Swing It a Belt is produced by Christian Ryan. I'm Dan Schulman. We'd love you to leave us a review or a like or subscribe or just join us whenever you have the time. Thanks for listening.